Live from the Talking Joe studios, it's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Hey, 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 it's me, the Chief Dog. I'm here, joined by my buddy, as always, <laughs> Chris Cat, aka Diagnostic 80 from the Full Force and Talking Joes now, of course. How's it going, buddy? Um, I am still ill. And I went to. Oh, before you before you do keep going, you're not going to jump into Chief's mind immediately again, are you? No, I'm okay. not. Here. not Just checking because I thought, brilliant, you know, we get get three seconds in. But so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go we're going to keep it on a positive note for at least two minutes before we bring it down. <laughs> um, yeah, still ill. I um, had a few days off work. Basically, called the GP, got a, um, a call back. I called at eight a.m. Finally, the doctor called back at two, and basically. I wanted to go in and get examined, you know. They finally had the x-ray results from my last journey. It was like 10 days later. Oh. And he, he said, I've looked at them and it looks clear. And I was thinking, yeah, but that was 10 days ago. But anyway, um, I wanted to go in and get checked out. But he kind of said antibiotics aren't going to help and basically prescribed me a salbutamol inhaler over the phone, which my wife who's a nurse later told me that's probably one of the most unprofessional things she's ever heard of. Wow. Someone prescribing medicine, pharmaceuticals over the phone without actually looking at someone. Wow. Um, but anyway, picked up that inhaler, tried it for a couple of days. I, I think it's possibly getting better, but I'm going to give it a few more days and if not, go back to the GPs. But um, that's not stopping me from tomorrow, which is a full... I've got an annual leave day and I've got a full-on board gaming session from 8am till 7pm. Nice. Yes, yes. Me and my friends are going to be playing Scythe, the campaign. I've mentioned it on the show before. It's a 1920s kind of alternate history Russia. Wow. Where you build up an economy of farming and agriculture plus big mechanised, well, mechs basically, and do warring with people. And this is the campaign mode. It's played over eight games and we played three last time. So we're going to try and do at least three this time. And it's, uh, it's like a legacy game. So in the box, in the expansion box, you have sealed compartments yeah, which yeah. you don't you don't open until you're instructed to by the campaign log guidebook and so we don't know what's coming up but um that's really a lot of fun man. That. that sounds awesome yeah. i'd love to be and get involved in that yeah good stuff what about yourself what have you been up to not much really other than just kind of head down getting on with things in terms of you know work and stuff like that so yeah kind of getting ready for the ohio toy and comic show this coming weekend looking forward to that i'm going to be doing a panel on hoarder dot com and yes you app. mentioned this yeah so that is something i've kind of been holding back on a little bit which but we've been in beta phase now for it feels like like forever but obviously it takes a long time to get something like this off the ground uh, especially when you're only it's only like three people that are doing it and in and around you know other things that you're working on so it's it's been a challenge to basically try and get this app up and running which is basically a social network for collectors so um, when the app does eventually kind of get here which is honestly it's like days away um, we're just running through the last lot of bugs that we're aware of after doing some hardcore testing for the last like month or so once with that one's up it should be ready to go without the trading platform so effectively it will be a you know a place where you can post images of your individual pieces of your collection and build up collections on this app um you know nice. so for ease of searching to show people stuff for inventory for insurance purposes for fun so that you can chat and comment and like and want list certain things and you know you can see pretty much whatever people are posting 
uh, on the live feed at all times. So we've we've actually got quite a for a beta test, quite a solid user base already. That are kind of you know again, it's kind of dipped out since we got started doing the app because that took all of the priority. So the yep. the the website is actually up uh, at h o a r d a r dot com. That's hordar h o a r d a r dot com, and you can actually sign up for it and start posting your collection online on the desktop version, and you can even do it on your phone as well via the browser. But obviously, we know that once the app is here then it'll be like so easy for people to use so i'm going to use this show now to launch a little mini promo offensive (laughs) nice Uh, but yeah so i'm doing that little panel for that on the weekend and uh yeah looking forward to seeing a lot of friends at ohio a lot of the joe crew and a lot of you know roma collectibles and uh, toy department and james kavanagh and what the what's on joe mine guys and just all our friends from the joe community can't wait good stuff good stuff looking forward to it Right, we need to uh, kick off the show with the new segment, which is a beverage for the show. Beverage for the show. Do, 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 do. Beverage for the show. Do, 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 do. Now I am gonna go do, do, and drink my beverage for the show. Oh. I, I was tempted to actually record a new jingle entitled "Beverages for the Show and a Snack." Oh, nice, nice. But but I'm not going to. So okay. we're just going to play that original one. Um, so uh, because I have two beverages and a snack today, blimey, greedy. Blimey. So the first one I have is a French's vanilla instant coffee granules. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, Little's Little's French vanilla coffee granules. Uh, and I've actually put a bit of coffee mate in there as well. Nice. Um, this is like uh, powdered kind of milk, if you will. And I'm just going to have a little taste. very satisfying uh, that was secondary um but my first <laughs> drink is a can of sam pellegrino Ooh. which is um yeah I we've like had that, these actually. in we've had these in the uk for a couple of years now and yeah. i love to tell you the reason i like them i love this bit they're a can but they've got their little foil foil on, the top. on top yes definitely oh my God, it makes them look fancy dancy yeah and um i've had the lemon and yeah. the grapefruit but this is a um the blood orange, orange. i'm not actually, yeah. yeah no it's just the orange i've oh, not okay. had this one an Italian tradition, aran, aranchiata. I've pronounced that completely wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm going to peel that, peel that foil off the top. I'm a fan I'm of this gonna... drink. <sighs> Crack that open. That's Sound effects. <laughs> Orangey. Yeah, it's yeah. it's quite spicy, isn't it? Really kind of ting tangy. That's nice. That's nice. And I've also got. I went to the at the end of the road. There's a, like a, an international food store. It's got loads of different foods. Really like it. And it, I've got a packet of um, Ulka, which is U with an umlaut. L K E R Ulka Cremali Doppel Kekse mit Crema Fulong, uh, which I think is a like a, a, a sandwich biscuit with a cream filling. Wow! So I'm gonna have one of these. <clears throat> it looks a bit like an Oreo, but with just like a regular biscuit colour instead of chocolate colour. Ah, uh, yeah, I know what you, I know what you do. I know, I know, I know um, the deal. I'd say a little bit dry on the biscuit side, but overall, satisfying. I'm going to dunk one in my coffee. Uh, while I do that, you tell me what are your beverages. Well, considering you sprung it on me that we could record immediately as I woke up, um, I, <laughs> again, <laughs> I was like, oh, I haven't had time to go to get what I wanted to get because I have, okay, so uh, probably spoiler alert, for, spoiler alert for next week, but I'm going to go for the new Dr. Pepper, I think it's berry flavour that just came out out here. 
Um, I really want to try that so bad. So I'm going to be having one lined up for next week. Now, failing that, I raided the uh, kitchen um, uh, just a few moments ago and thought, you know what? I'm just going to go with my old my old favourite. Now, again, I'm probably going to blow some minds with the pretentiousness of what I'm going to say now in the next few seconds. But it is jasmine green tea from Twinings. Okay, so, you know... I've started off pretentious. It's only going to yep. get worse. I like to you with, with my jasmine green. I like to add a dash of almond milk. <laughs> so okay. horrible. So I'm, I'm rocking so a tiny dash of almond milk. I know you don't. I, I'm I'm a fan of uh, no. I like almond milk, but I don't like it in jasmine tea. Oh, okay. Well, it's surprisingly, I I think it's great and it's a lovely combo for me. Um, and also, it's only a dash. We're talking like a rat's <laughs> whisker of bloop. Yep. Uh, <laughs> of milk and then on top of that a teaspoon of honey so just to really ramp up the yep. pretentiousness just, just just um just reaffirming your weirdoness yeah exactly so uh yeah. just to really just I, I, I to be honest i just want to hear the seddens take on it because they went absolutely nuts yeah. with the pizza That's choices crazy. last time and uh yeah. I want to hear the mix. I want to hear their tiny minds explode on Twitter yeah. based on what I just said. Then, so anyway, yes, a very refreshing and lovely cup of good green good. jasmine green. I've just smashed all twelve biscuits in that Ulka Kremali pack. Good man. Um, I'm the same. I can't just have one. I have to have like every yeah. single biscuit. Yeah, I'm trying to go um, refined sugar free, which obviously I've just uh, you ruined big, it. A bit of me, big dent in that. Kind of like when I was going pescatarian and ate ten burgers. <laughs> But if you're going to go, if you're going to break it, break it big style. Yeah, break it hard. Yeah. Right, we've got our beverages. We're all sat down nice. Hopefully you at home have as well. Hopefully you've also got your uh, chips and curry sauce. Because, unfortunately, we've got to go. Inside Chief's mind. Do not. Do not. Go on holiday with a baby. <laughs> I, will try and, I will try not to do that. I just went on a few days break down at Bournemouth, down by the south coast down on the beach nice weather me and the kid the kid is four next month so we are in the hotel room it's no aircon it's budget we want to get a good night's sleep and at about I don't know 11pm till about 4am next door's room crying baby all night do not take a baby on holiday with you I'll tell you for why number one you're not going to have a good holiday because you've got a crying baby with you number two the baby don't give a on holiday it don't care it doesn't know any better number three you're just going to annoy other people yeah do not take a baby on holiday it annoys me greatly yeah i i agree i mean it's obviously it's difficult for people if they can't get kind of care for for that particular well, stay thing, home then say, stay that, home that's what annoy your neighbors don't that's annoy what me i'm gonna say just don't go <laughs> yeah. you don't deserve a holiday you've ruined fact. your life already fact yeah yeah agreed there you go and anyway, then, yeah. fortunately, they were only there one night, but then the following night was the Friday night, and lots of stag parties and Hindus in the hotel, and then I had people next door waking me up about four hours having sex all night. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. I did that <sighs> once. Me and, me and my dad went to see... What, you woke people up all night having sex? With my dad. No, that's yeah. gross. Um, <laughs> me and my dad went to see... Because <laughs> um, we're Manchester United fans, so that's probably going to of other people off as well but we oh, went standard. to you're on a roll today son i know i'm just killing it so we went to see them play i think it was like wigan years ago maybe southampton at home it was when ronaldo was still playing for us yep. and um we went we had a hotel room booked that night because we couldn't be bothered to drive like immediately after the match so 
we, we we had the hotel night and then all night long next door was just two people going hammer and tongs and i'm not kidding you we were ourselves but at the same time it was like all right that's enough now finish finish up yep. so we can go to bed <laughs> <laughs> but it was like it was hours i was impressed yes. but at the same time like gee Mark, this is this is yeah. impressive i had to put the tv on like yeah, yeah but anyway uh, anyway just um, just a so- funny side note there yes um chit chat aside we need some comic talk comic talk oh comic talk Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discusses them, whoa. Comic talk, oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discusses them, whoa. Special missions today. We are covering 22, 23, 24, 25. Let's just kick off with 22. This is called Decisions. Banger. Front cover, Absolute shockwave, banger. busting in through a window, glass everywhere, holding his, what is that? Is that an Uzi with a silencer? I think Not so, sure. yeah. Uh, looks like a bad guy and a kid. Um, in the foreground, this is uh, Larry Harmer, uh, writing as always. Uh, we've actually got some guest pencils here. This is Dave Cockrum of X-Men fame. And Annie Mazinski's inking, Lester's is Phil Felix and Colours is Neil Yomtov. This is, in a nutshell, this is a, a stand, standard-ish a hostage situation. I bloody love this issue. With um, people... Um, in a house uh, with terrorists and there's some local law enforcement on the scene but Joes are called in to, to go in first and there's a, a key twist towards the end. Yeah, so you basically, you're, you're straight out the, out the gate liking this. Absolutely love it. You've got this situation where you've had this yeah. like terrorist act in an airport where they've killed like dozen, like loads of people, right? Oh, it's hyper-violent. They've it's literally... It's super-violent. You, you don't really find that out until um, the Joes meet up with... Uh, Saxon. I think his name's Saxon. I think yeah. he was in Special Mission 17, possibly. Yeah, one of the um, kind of CIA stooges kind of dudes. Yeah. And basically, they showed this video to the Joe team of this terrorist attack. And what's interesting, actually, to me, is the fact that you've got these masked people, um, you know, like basically killing those people and then killing the guy that was filming at the same time. And then all of a sudden, we're kind of brought back into this situation where this house... Uh, that's, that's, that the Bronskis live in, which is a family with a child, with a young boy, yep. have been taken hostage. Now, what is amazing about this is that there is a massive twist at the end, which you don't... Un- honestly, you it's done so well, I think, that you just don't see coming. Yes, correct. And I, rem- I remember, actually, at the time reading this, I didn't quite understand and had to go back and read it again. And then I got it, and I was like, bloody hell, I, I almost missed that. It's, it can just, you know, those kind of things can happen with me because my mind wanders all over the place. But what is really interesting is the Joes come on the scene. They see that there is a guy up in the bedroom of the kid's room with the with a gun, and he's, you know, like, threatening this kid. And then downstairs, we have this group of people, the couple sitting down, blonde hair, blue eyes, the kind of classic, you know, American family-looking couple and then this kind of harder edged rougher scar on the you know scarred mouth looks like the joker kind of like other couple and they're having this argument you know this 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 kind of very chill couple are sitting down on the table very relaxed very calm and this other couple are up standing up and they're being very angry very dominant very kind of um you know issuing orders and shouting and all this kind of stuff and you're kind of led to believe and i've probably given a spoiler away that they are the villains of the piece. And in actual yep. fact, the big spoiler is 
that, it's not the case at all. It's it's role reversal. And as the yep. Joes are attacking the or are going to kind of hit the house and they do it in such a way which is really cool they split up into a team now something i'd love to mention is this lineup is, is brilliant because you've got chuckles and, and jay who are, are wearing kind of like winter clothing you know a different winter clothing garb which is cool for like those two to do you know that that's that happens a lot when they'll they'll wear a jacket over the top of their gear but we also see shockwave who is just awesome and hit and run who is wearing a deco that hasn't been seen before and will never be seen again i like i like that that's one of the things i was going to ask you because i've not seen i only know hit and run from his one guys i, I don't know he's probably got more in different um editions of the character different uh, versions yeah yeah of the character but um in white i thought that was a great look it's amazing and it's a it, so i did a tiger force hit and run cosplay last year and i've i, I actually wore it again to um joe fest and so he's done it. They brought him out in the Euro exclusive Tiger Force deco, but they they were the only two like original versions. It was like the original version and the Tiger Force deco. They were the only two hit and runs for a while. There was a planned hit and run. Oh, it wasn't necessarily going to be hit and run, but it was the hit and run figure it was going to be put in a Night Force deco and issued with a stealth tank in '95. But obviously the the line didn't make it to '95, so it was scrapped. He did get a modern version in Night Force colours from the club. Right. Now, the interesting thing is in this comic, he comes out in this white gear and it's amazing. It's just this wicked look on him with the blue straps, the grey helmet and the red goggles. And they basically attack this house. Um, Hit and run goes through like a sewage tunnel. Shockwave runs from behind a barn to kind of keep cover. And Jay and Chuckles approach in a car. Um, to kind of like draw their attention to the vehicle so that those two can kind of, you know, get into the house. Yep. As they break in, Shockwave realises he takes out the first guy with the gun in the bedroom. And it's, that's really cool. Smashes through the window, shoots the guy with the gun, just as the cover depicted, which, again, I'm I'm happy that all of that's happening. Um, and then as he kills that guy, he realises there's a picture of the kid's family... And the whole time they've been thinking that the hostages were the the villains and vice versa, Shockwave realises that this fact and goes, oh, shit. I hope Hit and Run realises this yep. when he breaks the door down and, and attacks his end. And so when he comes in, he smashes the door down and the guy who is actually the dad, who is got the up face and all this kind of stuff, he's holding the kid's water pistol which looks like an M16. Yep. And then, fortunately for Hit and Run, he doesn't shoot. And in actual fact, it's the other two that react, the blonde woman and the blonde male. Um, and then, obviously, Hit and Run realises that, shoots the blonde male, and the but the wife gets away with the kid as a hostage. And that's when we see what happens next. Yeah, and uh, I think one of the things, obviously, that is, is kept coming up there is we're almost predisposed aren't we to look at things yeah. in a certain way yeah. and those characters are depicted you know the the calm um, or kind of meekish in this situation that the the blue-eyed blonde-haired guys you know you're immediately right these are the these are the hostages and then the guy with the scarred face and the hard-looking woman these are the the, the villains and like you say and of course the kid is blonde so that yeah. ties in with you thinking that those two mum mum and dad or the male and female of the mum and dad but it's not and that twist like you said does come out of nowhere ish and is a good twist just done done really well 
you know, by Harmer. I, I like how they break the twist by having the next door neighbour talk to Saxon. And she says he has, was it Rictus or something like that? Yeah, Rictus. Rictus. Yep. And he's like, hang on, what did you say? And then, like, that's when it, they, that's when it all kind of, rea- like, they realise, unfortunately, the Joes are already on scene and are attacking. So it's, like, too late to kind of get the word to them. And yeah. so I just, I just thought, oh, man, this is just brilliant. And it's great writing from Larry. Brilliant execution from the artist, um, who I, I think the art on this is really good. I love it. Yep. Really clear really like be- some beautiful scenes and then the, the the like the final scene is the the wife has got the kid and she's running towards the the, the, the this plane that they're gonna basically get on and fly away and the everyone's kind of realizing that well if he if he get if she gets away with the kid the kid's dead she's gonna kill him no doubt and like saxon turns up with his team uh the joes like they're, they're basically the mom the mother is saying you know cut quick like you know do something and i think yeah saxon says do you have a clear shot to one of his men and he's like no way and the dad is like screw that noise grabs the gun off one of saxon's team gets into position and they're like what are you doing like you're gonna kill your son and he's like no you know don't worry I'm, i'll be fine and shoots her in the head from like a real long distance and it turns out he was the chief instructor at the marine sniper school so it's like yep. a really cool little twist and a great ending i just i just think this is a brilliant brilliant special mission and again it's like a small like faction of joe members but like some re- like really good choices to have shockwave hit and run jay and and chuckles and and also jay gets shot as well doesn't she she gets um shot in the as she approaches the door that's right yep she gets peppered right in the chest doesn't she yeah Um, thankfully she's wearing a a vest isn't she yeah a couple of points i want to pick up on here is um number one right at the end where the dad snipers out the the female uh, terrorist right in the head uh, right in front of the kid next panel (laughs) kids just smiling yeah, you know, it's literally he's seen a woman's face explode from about two feet away, <laughs> and yeah, he's fine. Whatever, he doesn't need counselling. Um, and the other point is, I thought this issue, the twist aside and all that, it was very, very reminiscent of that one where, do you remember the one set in Germany? Yeah, where there was another ho- a terrorist situation yeah, yeah, hostage, yeah. It's, and there's a getaway in the van. This is, I thought, this was very similar to that, especially in the way that a lot of the exposition is told through the video camera video camera yes yeah very good point um, Absolutely. there's a guy at the airport here who gets drilled and just lots of people getting killed and it's a similar one there's a guy outside the the, the store um, yeah who's yeah. taking video footage um you know larry's employing that that device again which is you know that's that's cool it works it works well but yeah overall i, uh, I agree with you i think the art is pretty solid throughout i like the lineup here. I love the deco use on Hit and yes. Run as well, and the, yeah. I just thought that was really fun. Like it was like, oh, cool! They're doing something. They're making him look a little bit like Shockwave with the blue accents as well. So it kind of like the ties the team together nicely. Yeah, yeah. There was one bit that I was uh, they're, they're sat down. He's talking to you. Still think at this moment in time, it's another thing that leads you to believe that the terrorist and the hostage, vice versa, aren't aren't who they say they are. Because he says. Um, uh, as much as I'm against killing, I'd like to see you both dead, which is obviously one of the terrorists is saying to the guy with Rictus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which kind of leads credence, I guess, to him being, you know, the dad, but he's not. But I don't know. I I do like it, perhaps not as much as you, but, uh, you know, a, a very, very solid issue. What's, what's your yo Joage on this? Well, as much as I am, like, big enough, it's, I think I'm just excited. I did actually give it an 8 out of 10, so it's not, like, full-on 10 beans, but... 
I because uh, I, I think as as much as I do like it, I just wanted I wanted even more from it. I wanted and and there's not even much like you can do in that space. Like I just wanted it to be bigger. I wanted it to be a longer story. Yep. It reminded me of a couple of things because I've been watching a lot of documentaries recently, and there was um, obviously the one that there's like Ruby Ridge was one, which was a hostage situation that went like. F- awfully you know and that's probably worth worth watching as well if um you know very i don't know it's got it's got like flawed government reactions to situations and it, it's just really really right. poor overall from from the um from the kind of military and the kind of you know that kind of side of things but it just had that kind of feel to it but also it had i, I saw this for one documentary called fox catcher which is or a film called oh, fox yeah, catcher yep. about the the killing of the uh the the wrestler who by the that crazy <laughs> millionaire guy um and again like because yeah. of the, the snow and all that kind of stuff it just had a feel of that and then also waco like that kind of hostage situation at waco so all of these like things all these different things that were happening like kind of feed into what i'm seeing visually on this issue cool and that, therefore i want it to be bigger i want it to be like a six part or something but at the same time yeah freaking brilliant and, I'll, and, and 8 out of 10 is a solid number a solid. yeah definitely definitely right moving on issue 23 this is called scoop on the cover you have got stalker in the foreground they're lying in the grass in the background you've got tunnel rat and you have got scoop who is a new joe yeah really awesome cover i love this one kind of how they've got the the light creating shadows uh through the grass on stalker's face and tunnel rat's face i really like that and obviously uh, again three really cool characters here uh, and the introduction of scoop as well which is neat yes yep i mean this is a fairly standardish story arc from a high level point of view the joes are going into sierra gordo to try and capture el jefe who was part of even i think he was during that um north american banana monopoly storyline in real american hero it's around the so sort of hard to keep track of 69 the, 70 around that yeah it's so hard to keep track of the peripheral characters i find yep. in uh, in the yep. joe universe but effectively this is all about the joes going in with a newbie scoop um so who have you got you've got uh, hit and run Again. leatherneck muskrat stalker tunnel rat plus scoop and they're going in to try and capture el jefe and it just revolves around scoop being the new guy on the team and a little bit of hazing and a little bit of getting up to speed is he is he right for the team etc and it just all plays around that that kind of central theme i know there's a lot of kind of like they they really play on his naivety um and the fact that you know he's kind of he thinks he's you know ready for this kind of stuff or not, not that he thinks he's ready but he's he's like trained he thinks he's trained for it and yeah. when he gets there, he just learns all of these new things that are like, oh, yeah, you know, th- th- this is what it's actually like to to be in combat, you know? Yeah, I mean, th- th- I'm going to pick out some... some. I really, really like this issue. I'm going to pick Same. out some, some cool bits I really like. So from the get-go, you know, on their way to the mission, he's kind of accosted by Leatherneck to start with, and Leatherneck's kind of holding up to this portrayal of this sort of kind of grumpy, part angry, doesn't really care for f- freeloaders or people who aren't up to scratch kind of characterization. And you know, he grabs him, and then Muskrat's giving him a bit of uh, how to, and then hit and runs, talking about loading each uh, bullet manually. And then Tunnel Rat's talking about strapping on his, his gun, and then Stalker's talking about carrying his compass and his maps in certain pockets. So they can, when, when he dies, they can, they can raid yeah, him and know where, where all the important stuff is, yeah. There's a lot of morbid, yeah, then, morbid stuff in it, actually, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I love all that bit at the beginning. Um, I was kind of thinking throughout, they do mention it. Um, Stalker here mentions down at the bottom of them all giving him all these instructions. You had to be some kind of tough to make it through the course. 
but all that proves is that you can take it out in the field. We find out if you can dish it out. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, Scoop has gone through not only basic army training, but he's gone through the GI Joe training as well. Yeah. So characters like him and Tripwire and uh, Wildcard and all these other guys who are a bit clownish on the outside, we've got to remember that they've gone through all the training. So when push comes to shove, yeah. you know they're the real deal. Yeah. However, however, in the field here. He still comes across as very naive and a bit of a goon, and it kind of makes you wonder how did he get through that training? Yeah. Well, the funny thing is with with Scoop is he's going in there just to take footage, but then they're like, "Well, no, you're going to carry Tunnel Rat's ammo, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do that." So I think like he is probably trained for one thing, but then is being like dragged into doing other things that he wasn't necessarily expecting. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I, I, I agree. There's like there's always this fine line with the with the GI Joe comics as to how much do you push the personalities when in reality these guys would be all friggin' hard as nails soldiers. Yeah. They'd all be yeah. like they'd all be proficient with multiple different weapons in multiple different situations. They'd be fit. They would be. Uh, strong they would be all of those things that you would need in a basic soldier like infantry they would all be that and then this extra level so it's it's all about like how do you how do you kind of say okay well this is the best of the best in terms of the of of the of the soldiers of the army of the air force etc etc but how much do we push those personalities and the the problem is you have to push the personalities you have to exaggerate it because otherwise you don't get that character development you don't get what we love about gi joe and it's it's so difficult to kind of keep it grounded because of all this other stuff yeah i mean otherwise it just ends up as a potentially blandish military story exactly Um, they'd they'd all be exactly the same and they just have a few different extra specialties you know what i mean they push scoop they push scoop's character pretty hard here i mean after he's got that grilling on the way to the combat zone then out in the actual field you know, he's glugging down a water bottle and they tell him you've got to drink the whole thing, otherwise it's going to slosh around. Yeah, yeah. And then at night, he's got Turn his um, camera, camera out. Yeah, yeah to, the lens is reflecting, build some kind of cardboard and tape uh, reflector kind of thing. Um, then he falls asleep. But this is all really good stuff. And then loads of Stalker, basically. And Stalker's all on noise discipline and hand signals and stuff. You know, and then he tells them about setting up this little ambush again lots of good tactics in this lots of good strategy yeah loads of good strategy and tactics and then there's a real good turning point where you know they, they've scoped out the line and uh, your man scoop has suddenly fallen asleep and then you literally turn the next page and all of a sudden it's like someone out of platoon you know there's a firefights going off and a tunnel rats deep in it and scoops going what's going what's going on and there's just literally warfare everywhere yeah you're right yeah it just absolutely explodes and then you've got scoop getting his helmet bang uh, elbowed off by tunnel rats yep. he's like feed me and then it's just it's i, I like the fact that it's still at night but the every, like all of the color they use for all the backgrounds and everything is like lit yep. up with uh, like different colors like reds and blues and and all sorts just to kind of make it you know show off that there's like gunfire and explosions yeah. and everything it's really cool and then and then out of the blue which was a, another great little twist they're up against iron grenadiers 
I know, yeah. And the way that these guys are drawn is amazing because they're not just in kind of, you know, standardish uniforms. Yeah. You know, they've got face painted headbands, you know, kind of floppy hats, whatever, and, you know, different kind of webbing and stuff. It's, it's brilliant. It's almost like the, this is one of those things where I feel like they are, they're not necessarily... Or they're not necessarily like official Iron Grenadiers or Iron Grenadiers that have that have been through the ranks at, through actual Destro or something. It feels like they've been given Iron Grenadier gear. Do you know what I mean? Like they've yes. they're um, they've been uh, provided with weapons and equipment and vehicles for the by the Iron Grenadiers by Destro, yeah. and this is like a local kind of army or something. You know However, I mean? I'm going to challenge that because. I know you don't have page numbers, but on page 25, page previously, I think it is, is it Hit and Run's just been shot in the kneecap? Yeah. Um, Stalker's trying to get him out of there, and then a couple of the Iron Grenadiers are shouting, Destro! Well, no, I'm not saying, and what I mean is I think they're like, they're not like your, you know how like in, uh, it's hard to explain, but I feel like then, I don't, I'm not saying they're not Iron Grenadiers, I'm saying they're not like your your seasoned, regular, like, you know, like the, from Scotland, uh, yeah, okay. like the, the original army i feel like this is like them they've been given the training and the, yeah. the wet and all that kind of stuff by destro for the and they are taken from this particular country they're sierra, sierra gordons or they're like from around that area if you're not if you know what i mean so it's like that's why it's a little bit less because i mean if destro was there with them if he was there and everyone was around and everything, I, I would expect he would be far more up on standards with how they dress yeah. and how they, you know, present themselves. Yes, yes. You you do get a bit here, you know, in the closing section because obviously Scoop's been there just to, to take the footage. But I think they needed to have a bit of him kind of showing his his Joe fighting prowess. Not fighting prowess because he, he's probably not that good at fighting, but he obviously does get some licks in and Iron Grenadier comes at him. Tunnel Rat's been, you know, shot and knocked out, unconscious. And um, he has a one-on-one and he ends up using his actual camera. What is a wonk? Wonk this guy on the head. <laughs> Could have been um, worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that Captain uh, America meme that went around for ages from that panel in the comic. It's like he's thrown his, his shield and it says, right, when it hits the uh, Nice, nice. But yeah, so he, he you know he does get a few licks in, so to speak, and um, wakes up in the chopper. Everyone's still alive. He gets a thumbs up from Stalker, which is surely everyone's goal in life. <laughs> and uh, the mission, is, this is again, we spoke about this um, a, a few times back, where a lot of the special missions don't go G.I. Joe's way. And here again, they weren't able to capture El Jefe. And even saying that, we didn't even get a sight of him. He, wasn't, he didn't even appear in the comic. We led, you know, from the beginning, this is the mission to capture him. But they don't even get that far. And I think that's yeah. really clever. That again, yeah. yeah they don't even time. need to. They didn't even need to do it. They just, you know, showed these guys in country, a bit of a firefight, and then extraction. But this is a very high eight for me. This could be... This could be one of my favourite special missions yet. I agree. I think it's another high eight. I think um, I like it just as much as I did the previous issue. And yeah, I think it's an absolute stonker. And again, like shows great strategy, great like thought on the battlefield. And it's not just your your standard issue, right, here's the ambush point, let's wait. And then they turn up and then bang. It's like, here's a good ambush point, but they're going to be expecting that because it's a good ambush point. So let's go elsewhere. Yeah. And it's just like, yep. wow. I mean, just something like that. With, which is an extra like couple of pages as well to expand on and to talk about. It's just like that's just awesome writing. I think it's just yep. it, it's not your usual. I mean, they could have easily simplified this whole story 
by taking that part of it out, and it, it would have made it a lesser issue. Yeah. So just you know, you've given both these eight. So just for my personal benefit, if you you know you've got to read one issue before you're going out to dinner, are you going to read issue twenty two or twenty three? Well. I'm probably going to go with 23, and I'll tell you okay. why. I love the, for one, this is a really cool issue anyway, great issue, and it introduces Scoop and so on and so forth. And I did like Scoop as a figure. I thought it was an amazing toy. But the um, the, the real reason uh, is the nostalgia hit, because I had this issue, this comic, coverless, like when I was younger. I think one of my mates, I got it off one of my friends, uh, who just was giving like a lot of his stuff away, like he didn't want it anymore. And right. I probably would have been around about like ten, nine or ten, maybe eleven at the time. I think it probably would have been more like eleven. And the cover was missing. Like it, he'd obviously like ripped it off or something along the along the line. So I only had the interior of the comic, and I didn't re- again no context. So uh, yep. uh, that was the only GI Joe issue I had for as a kid. So um, yeah, cool. yeah that, that's there yeah. There you go. Good stuff. Moving on, issue twenty four, Ladies' Day. Uh, the cover here, and this is pretty much an exact panel from the interior. It's Jinx, Flying Kicking Cobra Commander, well, Fred Seven. I would say, though, that this is not a overall depiction as to what is going on in the issue. It hap- Yes, this happens in the, in the issue, and yep. that I shouldn't be angry at that, but... If I was to, if you were to say, you remember the the, show, the story Ladies' Day, pick out the cover, I probably yeah. wouldn't be able to, based no. on that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, yeah. and yeah, so, this is a weird issue. Well, the first thing to note here is Larry Harmer did not write this one. This is uh, written by regular penciler Herb Trimpe. So he is now picking up the writing chores. And Dave Cockrum is back on pencils. We saw him on issue 22. It is Danny Bolandi inking Phil Felix letters, Neil Yomtov colours. This is balls out action. I mean, I'm not sure I'm fully on board. I think I do like it, but I'm I not like sure. it in a weird way. I, I don't, I don't like hate it, um, but there are certain aspects of it that just really make me my, my eyes roll a little bit sometimes. Yeah, um, but I, at the, I think at the same this is time, probably a- the most action packed issue of GI Joe I've read so far. <laughs> it probably is but not necessarily in a good way there's almost too much going on yeah so obviously they're at the the new york mites stadium who are playing the new york dandies and that's obviously yes. a riff on the yankees and the mets yep. uh they've even got the same logos which i think is quite funny they didn't yeah. obviously didn't get a, a season desist from the um no from the baseball franchises they're here to guard the president aren't they they're doing bodyguard work for the president and of course, Cobra turns up to spoil the party in a kidnap attempt. Couple of things I want to point out here. One is Dave Cockrum, as you mentioned, is on pencils again. But I feel like there's a couple of moments in the art where I'm a little bit head scratchy because you know, again, I loved his art in the previous issue he did, but yep. some of the eyes are a little dodgy on some of the faces. Like, they're, like there's a there's a, a panel of Falcon and Tunnel Rat on the same page. Yeah, and. <laughs> Their eyes are kind of all over the place. They look like the Toxic Crusader. That, like, they look like the sloth from the Goonies. Yeah. And interestingly enough, on that same page, we've got his depiction of an awe striker, which is a little bit clunky. Like, yeah. it looks a little bit weird. And also, um, we see, obviously, we see a part of the mean dog uh, behind Falcon and Duke. Uh, I think it's Duke. Is it Hawk or Duke? Uh, pff, don't know. I'm saying Hawk. Yeah, top panel mentions Hawk. Yeah, sorry, it is Hawk, isn't it? Apologies. On the lower panel, you've got Zap kind of, you know, calling in as they're all going through their roll call. 
and there's a cobra stinger, stinger. behind yeah. him and that really confuses me and then i thought i wonder if that was supposed to be a tiger sting maybe yeah probably and it's just been coloured incorrectly. And they just coloured it, yeah. But the other, the other thing I have to mention about that is the Tiger Sting doesn't have that missile arraignment on the back of it. It has like right. a, the Snowcats missile okay. thing on it, kind yep. of re-engineered slightly. Yeah. So yeah, just to be a bit of a nerd about that. I mean, I like I like the Zap bit. Uh, maybe Trimpe liked Zap because Zap actually says, "I'm with you, Falcon," and it's great to be back in action yeah, because we yeah. haven't seen this poor. B- for I don't know how long. Probably since the first issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you also get here, you know, the, the bad guys on the scene. We've got uh, Cobra Commander and Raptor. I'm going to keep saying Cobra Commander, even though we know it's Fred Seven, but Cobra Commander's, he's like, oh, this will get me, when I kidnap the president, it'll get me more respect from Mindbender and Destro and Baroness. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't care, doesn't give two shakes of a dog's dangly if he gets Mindbender's respect. But I don't know, does he? I don't know. It just his motivations seem strange. Yeah, it's almost like so forced to include him. I, I feel yeah. like. And is this the first introduction of Crystal Ball? Possibly. I think it is, and I'm. I don't know if he even features again in the main comic. This might be what well, you know. I could probably look this up now, but I'm not going to bother. But I, I'm pretty sure he has had one or two appearances total. Yeah. I, and I, don't, I think he appears does appear in the IDW stuff. I'm talking about the Marvel stuff. I know, yeah, totally but, um, agree. Yeah. Again, this was just shoehorning in the toy, I guess. But he's what? He is a hypnotist by trade? Yeah, Cobra hypnotist. Okay. This feels like, you know, they've forced him in this issue. I've got a feeling Larry was like, I'm not doing I'm not doing an issue with Crystal Ball yeah, <laughs> and possibly. Raptor. I draw the line, possibly. Because, um, yeah, I, they're a little too far out, I think, for uh, for Larry's kind of writing style. But the well, something I've got to mention just prior to our our viewpoint of Crystal or our kind of uh, appearance of Crystal Ball is the fact that there's a panel at the bottom of one of the pages where it's like, meanwhile outside, and you've got a picture of Cutter with his Boston Red Sox hat on, right? Oh, uh, and they calls him heavy metal. He calls him heavy metal, and not just yeah. that, but I, I love the thought that you know he's talking to he's obviously clearly talking to Cutter because he talks about the fact that. You know, like, well, you know, it helps to have a team to root for. Do you know, like, because he's having a go at the fact that Cutter is a Boston fan. So it's yes. like, it's, it's yeah. quite, you know, it's interesting to, to fit it in. And then to make the mistake of calling him heavy metal just kind of ruins that whole yeah. thing for me. But anyway, yeah. yeah. I quite like this this panel here, basically. There's it's quite a lot of heavy hitters here from from the bad guy's side because you've got Zorana is somehow Firefly. in the stadium. Yeah. Firefly is disguised as a hot dog vendor. And there's that, that panel where they've released the gas from raptors birds um <laughs> and then fireflies jumped over a barrier and he's launching some hot dogs which have got explosives in them i think and it looks yeah. like literally it looks like a panel of effectively gambit throwing some charged yeah. up playing cards yeah but they just yeah. happen to be uh some playing sausages foot, instead some foot long explosive sausages amazing it's great and um i must admit i do like how they deco firefly in this comic i know it's probably like an incorrect coloring scenario but it's yeah it, it i quite like that light green and light brown kind of colour they give him, which is uh, weird for Firefly. The villains are very kind of old school. I'm talking, you know, sort of 70s, 80s old school villains because they're up in there, they're in in an airship now, they've basically um, taken off and they're all all three of them at the bottom of one panel just laughing. Look at them down there, like bugs on a rug. Ha 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 ha. Crystal ball. Ha 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 ha. Raptor. Ha ha. Yes, yes. He loves saying yes at the end. It's almost like he's Russian. 
isn't yeah. it? Like the way they've written him in this. It's weird. And um, they've, they've kidnapped the, the president and they're all up there and it's just very old schoolish. And then, of course, the, the female Joes. So this is Ladies' Day, obviously. We've got Scarlet Jinx, Lady J, Cover Girl. And they basically have, have clambered onto this airship and then we get a big big throwdown between the Cobra Head Honchos and the Joes. I mean, actually, Hardball gets it. You like Hardball. He gets a, there's a, yeah, it's a strange yes, bit at the end where... Yes, another strange part of this <laughs> issue. Cover Girl picks up a bat and gets Hardball to launch a smoke grenade at her uh, high and hard uh, and around the letters and she basically thunks it up into the air through the airship's window. Oh no, Lady J's hanging. Into Lady J's hand who then chucks it into the airship and smokes out the bad guys. I have to comment on that brilliant line, Darren Blueberry, eat your heart out. Obviously, the Daryl Strawberry. Strawberry. Exactly, yeah. 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 Who made an amazing appearance in that Simpsons episode. Yeah, where he's crying in the outfield. Oh my God. That is... Daryl. They're used to this sort of thing. It rolls right off their backs. <laughs> the That's best my episode uh, uh, Simpsons of Simpsons ever. Simpsons ever, ever yeah. Agreed. That is an absolute. They're playing softball yeah. Yeah. from Maine to San Diego. Oh my god, that is the best episode. Anyway. When well, well, Mr. Burns, Burns had done it, the power player I'm actually going to go and watch the episode after this, uh, after we record this. We're talking softball, Ozzy and the straw. Oh my god, I'm going to, yeah, I'm so going to be putting all of that in this episode. Brilliant. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, then the bad guys somehow, they jettison part of their airship, and then they say, I can promise you this, I don't care where they go, from the jungles of South America to the frozen plains of the Arctic, we will be there. And we will thwart them. To harass them and battle them every inch of the way. They will never be finished with us. Long live Cobra! Yes. yes. I mean, you can tell it's a different writer, in a sense, can't you? Because there's a lot more extravagant villain talk in this one. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to yo-jo this one. I don't know. I'm tempted to give it a, a low seven, just on the basis of the silliness. Some of the silliness raises it up for me. In fact, I'm going to do it. I'm giving it a seven. I, I toyed with a what? six. I, I actually a toyed when I when I first when I first read this issue many moons ago. I I was kind of like, oh, I'm not really feeling this. But in like retrospect and reading it, meant like probably met sixteen or seventeen more times since. I I do have an appreciation for it in an odd way. I just I, you know part of GI Joe is ridiculous, and there are certain things in here that are just ultimately the most ridiculously far fetched crap ever. But you're dealing with Raptor, you're dealing with friggin' Crystal Ball. It's going to be far fetched. It's going to be mental and and, and crazy. So yep. I, I I'm I'm also gonna. I think it's fun. It's out there. I'm just going to give it a. I'm going to give it a six. Okay. A high six, though. High six. Right, moving on to the last issue this week. This is G.I. Joe Special Missions 25. And you'll be pleased with this cover because here we do have a tiger sting and it does, in fact, have the correct uh, rear missile rack. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Although um, although we're incorrectly led to believe that the G.I. Joe team have time-travelled back to the Jurassic period. Because there's a pterodactyl on the cover. I do love this cover for many reasons. For one, I, again, didn't have this issue as a kid but i did have this is andy kubert by the way on cover yeah i did have the reprinted 
version of this particular issue that came in the annual, uh, the Tiger Force annual uh, that came out in the UK. So I knew the story, I just never saw the cover. And I remember like looking for this particular story for the cover of it and and going past this cover about 60 times going yep. which one was it I can't find any tiger force anywhere and it's so subtle that like there's a tiny you can just about make out that it's a tiger force tiger sting and obviously the the pterodactyl didn't give it away no. now the, again this actually kind of sort of happens in the issue yep. the pterodactyl is fi- is is um actually in a natural history museum and it yep. cla- it crashes just beside them so it's slightly different as to what we're led to believe here and also ripcord yeah. and duke who are in the in the tiger sting ripcord isn't wearing his helmet in the interiors so just yep. to be really picky and annoying yep. i wonder i wonder how much kind of info andy kubert was given about this cover you know because it you know it quite it clearly, a lot by the looks of things yeah i mean do, do you think he was said he was briefed that this is in a museum it is a is an, an inanimate pterodactyl or do you think he was just said there's a pterodactyl and it's falling on a tiger sting don't know anyway well i'm gonna say museum because he has added a cord or like a almost like a cable that connects the the pterodactyl oh, yeah i see it to yeah. the ceiling yeah, but it's very subtle so interiors uh here we've got larry harmer is back writing herb trimpe's back on pencils danny Bolundi's on inks phil felix letters neil yomtov colors i'm gonna let you do the summary on this one because i got quite confused no worries okay so <laughs> we've basically what we have here is a Tiger Force story, and it's the only Tiger Force story that we see in G.I. Joe Marvel run, with the exception of a few sightings of a couple of vehicles in other issues dotted around. This is the only Tiger Force viewing you'll get with these particular characters in their Tiger Force garb, uh, which I find quite funny because I'll talk a little bit later about, spoiler alert, about Tiger Force and what the whole point of it was uh, and the fact that you know the point of it is this this makes this story very odd for them to be included in now basically the lower darklonian separatist front or That's the it. ldsf have lsdf well it's the oh. ldsf but oh, they yeah. get the letters wrong on the poster which yeah, i was, right. was going to get yeah, to yeah. So um, I'm not sure if that's one of those things where, you know how like in different languages they rearrange, obviously it's said in a different way and it's spelt a different way and it's probably in a different format. Um, I'm hoping it's got something to do with that and it's not just that they got the letters the wrong way around on the poster. But effectively, it's in, written in English above freedom or death. So it probably is the, you know, they got it wrong. Now, some of the LSDF or the LDSF, I should say, the LDSF are in this warehouse They've been surrounded by uh, CIA, and we've got the usual kind of crew, you know, of CIA guys. Tiger Force turn up in the Tiger Cat, Tiger Sting, and Tiger Paw, with a team consisting of Duke, Dusty, Lifeline, Recondo, and Ripcord. And Ripcord, who isn't a Tiger Force member, it will become clear when I talk toys earlier on, why he was included later on um or why i think he was included yeah much later on so obviously they you see again like the the clash between duke gi joe and you know the government forces here always they seem to be getting on each other's and in this case we have a guy called skip benson bar and they jokingly say hyphen bar benson hyphen bar i think most through most of it because they just like to take the out of each other 
they're basically around this warehouse. One of the LDSF gets on the roof, strapped with explosives, and blows himself up, which creates a gap for the other guys to get through and get away. Now, the whole point of this issue is that the CIA want G.I. Joe to do their dirty work for them. Um, the CIA have got links with Darklon and Darklonia. The lower Darklonians have got beef with the upper Darklonians. Yes. And didn't Darklon supply the lower Darklonians with the weapons? Because he wants, them to, he wants them to be caught on US soil perpetrating these terrorist yes. activities so that, so that the US slash G.I. Joe have to mop them up rather than he has to mop them up. Yes, the the thing is, they're also in league with the CIA. Yeah. So that's what the the whole kind of mess, complex mess is, and right. the CIA obviously want GI Joe to deal with it as well because obviously they're in league with Darklon and Darklonia and etc. etc. So the Joe force give chase with the guys on the bikes, but some of them get away. One of them doesn't. A uh, lifeline takes him out, jumping off the fe- the tiger paw, taking the guy off the bike, and then they get into this fight. And what I find really funny about this fight is that Lifeline does this really awkward low kick to what looks like his d- yep. or stomach, and then that knocks him out somehow. So I find that really hilarious. Yeah. But anyway, he's he's captured. That then switches us over to Manhattan, where we have another team of Joes working together, which is Jinx, Stalker, and Lightfoot returns, oh, not yeah. in his gear, in his robot again. Again, we don't get his robot. We just get Lightfoot in his civvies. And they're basically like following the ambassador for Darklonia. He's got a bomb and he's going to blow up a school or something? Yes. So effectively, he goes into the Darklonian embassy so they can't follow him anymore. He's got a briefcase which kind of raises alarms and they're kind of like, what could that be? Yep. In any case, the, the, um, as, as the Tiger Force are back talking with um, this Benson Barr guy, He's like saying it's national policy of Darklonia to foster interest and in, uh, unrest and terror. It helps. Uh, it helps their thriving armaments business. He says, even so, why would Darklonia give explosives to a terrorist faction that wants to secede from Darklonia? It doesn't make sense. And he says, Darklon is simply forcing us to do his dirty work for him. So this is where we find out what what is going on. Yep. They say to they're actually reporting to the CIA about this ambassador is at the Darklon embassy and he says that's right as as such he has diplomatic immunity he can park his Mercedes wherever he pleases abuse his kids and even commit murder the worst that can happen is that he gets a free plane trip home DOA is quite a dossier on Peatman which is his name He's a he's an agent provocateur who has been known to pass out weapons and explosives like party favours so that's why they're kind of trailing him um, by supplying LDSF, and that they've got the letters the right way around now, yep. terrorists right here in America, and tempting them to go after targets on American soil, the Joes and the DOA will have to deal with them. So they go undercover, they try and get this guy, and then this is where they, they trace him, or they, they trace this uh, Peatman guy to this school, which is actually like, they're, then they're thinking, okay, well, th- there's a safe house next door, which is... Like, you know, oh, it's next to a school. But it's more like foreshadowing at that point. Yep. It's like, that's pretty pretty dangerous. Anyway, the Joes roll out their Tiger Force crew again. They're going to give chase to the terrorists that left the safe house. What do, what do you think of the Tiger Force being very brightly yellow here? Well, this is what makes me kind of confused because they're actually, originally, they were planned to be used as Jungle Force, kind of right. a Jungle Force team. And so... It's weird that they use for this mission, yeah. but of, again, it's I think Larry just kind of squeezing them in as he can. 
and probably getting them like a one and done story and out of the way so then obviously you've got um all the guys giving chase the the terrorists go into the natural history museum oh this is the bit where your man shoots the pterodactyl down yeah so two of them give chase in the in the sting and the paw yep. lifeline picking up explosives that they're dropping on the on the back of the paw and duke and ripcord are kind of chasing the guys in the jeep who are firing at them they return fire, but then obviously the pterodactyl gets shot down and nearly takes them out. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dusty and Lifeline whip out onto the the ferret out into the park and go and lob the explosives in the in the water, and they blow up, not hurting anybody. And then, as the terrorists ex- exit via a window <laughs> in the Natural History Museum, they end up crashing into the side of the tiger cat, which has been driven by Rakondo. So he stops them anyway. Duke notices that Benson Barr has got like a he's called ahead and got like a news team there to report on the the incident, and he's really <laughs> off and he's getting angry with him, and he's like, "Did you tell them? You know, this is what this is what's going to happen. Did you did you make a deal with <laughs> Peatman and all this kind of stuff?" And he's like, oh, "You don't. He doesn't swear." Uh, he said, "Innocent people could die, and you've you, you've literally helped a terrorist in in doing what they're about to do." Yeah. So the the undercover team uh, notice that Peatman is you know gonna gonna make his play, so they basically jump in. In fact, in fact, Lightfoot's the one that realizes he's gonna blow place up. Like you know that we should we need to sort this out now. So they go in. They Jinx takes him out. Uh, they realize they can't stop the timer on the explosive, which is Lightfoot's specialty. So he's useless <laughs> now at this stage. Yeah. And uh, they say, "Well, I've got an, I've got an idea. We've got plenty of time to get rid of it into a safe place. But how about we do this instead?" And this is kind of like a little bit. I I did find this quite dark from the uh, the GI Joe team, and I'm hoping that in actual fact Lightfoot has managed to stop it or has taken the explosive out. Yeah, because they just leave him there. We but we never find out. So they come into the into the the top like into well, the top office of the CIA of, of Benson Barr's office, and they literally come in. They slam the door because by slamming the door it messes the lock up, which was again foreshadowed earlier in the issue. And then like they put the explosive in Peatman's briefcase and lock it so that we they can't do anything about. It. They can't like get rid of it now. They're stuck with it in the room. And Stalker says, and sorry, it was the DOA, not the CIA. I've been saying CIA all the whole time, but it's actually the DOA. He says, uh, Dusty, you might want to get away from that window because they want, they might want to throw something out of there real soon. Yeah. So that you're led to believe that Benson Barr is forced to throw Peatman out of a window with seconds remaining on an explosion for it to blow up and possibly injure, kill, and and make a lot of other you know dangerous. I don't know collateral. So what I personally think is that it was all a threat. It was all like a, a like a, a, a facade, and that they have managed to deal with the explo- explosive and, and give them a dummy. That's what I think. Yeah. Even though that is not explained, I would I would imagine that GI Joe would not do something so reckless. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was looking for a thirty second high level recap. Chris has given us a page by page recount. Um, no, that's good. It's the only way you can do it, though, because you're right. It's it's so complex, this one, that you do miss stuff. And it's like, well, 
and and the, it, it's a bit nuanced as well. It's all very much like, oh, they're doing a deal with these guys and he's doing a deal with those guys, but you don't know what necessarily it is and how it connects and why that's the thing. And, you know, it's very loose in that yeah. sense, definitely. Well, you're a fan of this one? I thought the art was, you know, fairly good throughout. Um, story, it didn't really engage me, I don't think. It, you know, it's not bad at all, perfectly serviceable, but just didn't. I just never felt that into it. I know you like Tiger Force as well. I have the nostalgia for it because it was in the art. Uh, the annual i love tiger force but yeah it was it had the nostalgia for me because it was in the annual it is hard to follow especially when you don't know the ins and outs of all these different things clearly you have to do some like really careful reading on each different thing about like well what 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 does this mean and what does that mean and and yeah it can get a little bit like it's it just feels yeah. loose to me in in a lot of ways and i don't like the ending because i feel like that is such a dangerous thing to do like you know they wouldn't advocate killing somebody they wouldn't they would never do that so i'm i'm led to believe that they take the explosive and they do get it a distance away and this is just a th- uh, a thing that scares yeah, the, to scare yeah. them that that's what like, what i think it is and it's to scare benson Barr into doing something dangerous in like you know to do something extreme like that only to then go oh we're only joking uh, but you've just given the game away and yeah. you're going to be arrested for it that's what i think is actually the what happens or what yeah, would happen. Yeah. Overall, I'm giving this six Yojo Colas. Seems low, but that's what I'm giving it. I'm going to give it six too. Uh, uh, not even Tiger Force can bring it up um, for, for some of the confusing aspects of it. But yeah, I'll it's give it a high six. Um, uh, well, you, you've kind of spoiled us already about what we're going to be leading into now because it is in fact time for Chris Talks Toys. Chris Talks Toys. Dun, dun, dun. Basically for this one, I'm looking at the unproduced Tiger Force. But to give you a little bit of background initially, let's let's delve into 1988. Um, I'm only going to be talking US here and we might cover the UK Tiger Force at another time, but honestly it would, it would get so in-depth to talk about everything that it gets a little bit confusing. So we'll stick to the 1988 US release. So Hasbro released a new sub-team in the US called Tiger Force. The premise was that this team were going to be highly skilled, special, a specialist unit, called up for a secret and highly dangerous mission in the jungle. Cobra had set up a network of power bases that would simultaneously attack cities around the globe, and Tiger Force were created to stop them. That was the premise for the toys. The 88 lineup consisted of single-carded repaints of Bazooka, Duke, Dusty, Flint, Lifeline, Roadblock and Tripwire. Uh, we also had additional vehicles and drivers, including the Tiger Cat with Frostbite, the Tiger Fly with Recondo, and the Tiger Rat with Sky Striker. And also we got the Tiger Paw and the Tiger Shark, which were just standalone additions. And the following year, we saw additions to the Motor Pool with the Tiger Fish, which was a repainted Devilfish, and a Tiger Sting, which is the uh, the repainted Stinger. Now, interestingly enough, originally they were, they planned on having Wild Bill, with the tiger fly but they decided against that and instead of the ti- the wild bill that did show up in some product catalogs early on 
that they were going to just do Recondo, who also showed up in some catalogues on the Tiger Paw in a different deco. And the club have since done that different deco for a modern release, which is quite cool. But the Recondo that we did get came with the Tiger Fly. And in the UK, just briefly, we actually called him Wild Bill. So it's Recondo as, um, you know, as he was in the US, but we called him Wild Bill on the card. So that's just a, a nice bit of uh, additional extra there. Now, the unproduced aspect comes when we f- when we see a, uh, bear with me, and this they would have been in 1988, but when we find a collector guide or collector's guide that was available via mail order from Hasbro Direct in 1993, and it featured an image showing a bunch of the different kind of uh, Tiger Force figures of the time and a few that didn't make it, including Ripcord in Tiger Force deco, Wild Bill and Sabretooth. Uh, Sabretooth was a repaint of Firefly. We also saw... I like the Wild Bill's a really difficult one to really see, but you can see him through the cockpit of the, um, of the Tiger uh, Fly. And... Ripcord's really clear. You can see like what his deco was going to look like. He was basically going to have kind of like light brown trousers, black shoes, and then like a dark green upper with a uh, yellow and black striped helmet, like tiger striped helmet. So very similar, very reminiscent of Roadblock's helmet that he got for the Tiger Force. Now, and that ripcord looked really cool. He had all his gear still, like the uh, the oxygen mask, the secondary that he wears over the top, which is kind of like a parachute pack, is a parachute pack and his amazing rifle with huge scope on it. So I think that would have been a pretty cool release, honestly. Sabretooth is a repainted Firefly and would obviously have been a good guy. And the reason given for those particular figures not being released was because the figures were temporarily licensed for use in foreign countries. And they think that because that happened, they abandoned using those particular figures for the Tiger Force repaints because of that license, because the tool, tooling went out to, you know, whoever it was that, that released them elsewhere. Uh, maybe Fun School India, maybe. Actually, at the time, it probably would have been South America, like Estrella and uh, Plasterama and all those kind of co- uh, companies. So it's interesting to to see these figures that didn't make it. And also, we do get an image, and this is an even more obscure one, of Torpedo that never got released um, who in the Tiger Shark, which is a repainted water moccasin. And because he's in that little section, like the driver's seat, and in like you can only see the top of his head and a little bit of the chest, it's very, very difficult to make out. But it's definitely Torpedo, painted in what would be a Tiger Force deco. And there have been like customs that have been done since that, you know, paint him as they expected him he might have looked and they look really really cool actually and I'll 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 add those to uh to the images to uh to show you those as well but yeah effectively we missed out on some pretty cool tiger force releases in 1988 and uh and yep. I suppose in 1989 too so yeah that is the the unreleased 1988 tiger force stuff and I like I said I won't go into the the depth of Tiger Force stuff that we got in the UK and all all the other unreleased stuff that hasn't been brought out. But for the most part, that covers this particular Chris Talks Toys segment this week. Really good. Enjoyed that. Um, a lot of stuff, pretty much all of that I didn't know. So um, yeah, re- really like it. Oh, I, f- I forgot to mention, I do want to mention the tagline that was on the box, uh, the boxes for the Joe uh, toys, as well, for the Tiger Force toys as well, because this is something that kind of t- like explains why they've got Cobra stuff. So basically it just says, and I'll just quickly say, Tiger Force uses captured Cobra vehicles and re-outfitted G.I. Joe weapons to battle the forces of evil. 
Each vehicle is specially modified and camouflaged for perilous assaults behind enemy lines. Now, is it really camouflaged for that kind of stuff? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> but anyway, it makes sense when they say jungle operations, but then other than that, it's no point. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. That leads us nicely into a segment we call British Colloquialisms, a.k.a. over-egging the pudding. We got a pudding, we're going to egg it. We got a pudding, we're going to over-egg it. We got a pudding, we got no criticisms. That means it's time for some British colloquialism. This week, I am going to be using a saying or, or um, recounting a saying that I actually used myself about an hour ago as I was reading one of these issues, and it was issue 23, the one where there are uh, scoops out in the jungle and all that, and as I was reading it, I was so into it, and I thought it was so good, that I actually said, man, this is the dog's b****. <laughs> now, I don't know if b****** is considered a swear word or not, um, I honestly don't know, but another version would be the dog's danglies, I guess, and I don't know if this is even a phrase outside of the UK, it may well be, and it, you know, it might... I think it's definitely a British saying, but it may well be known elsewhere. But it basically it really means isn't. really good. This is this is this is top notch. This so is one me. that the Americans struggle with pronouncing, let alone blooming understanding. They know what it means yeah. now, I think. But yeah, it's there's always... no X. I think a lot of a lot yeah. of Americans think there's an X on it. It's B O L L O C K S. Correct, uh, and it's b- it's b- and they're like bullocks and bollocks, and it's no, just say bollocks for f- sake. Like it's not difficult. Yeah. But the, this is where the interesting and, and slightly confusing part of the saying comes from. Because if you say something is bollocks, it generally means it's not good. Yeah. But if you say something is the, the dog's, dog's bollocks, yeah. that is a 180. And that means, hey, like, hey up, that's amazing. I don't understand so, why dog's bollocks are good. I mean, it's no. gross. I don't yeah. know. Anyway. But there you go. That's my one. What have you got for us, sir? Well, I've, I've got a, f- a few popped up, so I'm going to have to save one for next week as well. But, yes, um, I like it. Uh, I've, I've no, this, this is a low-level one, and I think it's one that the Americans, again, have like understood over time and probably do un, like you know, know what I'm saying when I say it now. But the odd one will slip through, and it's um, the term knackered. The term yep. knackered to mean tired. With a, With a K. Yeah, tired or exhausted. That's K-N-A-C-K-E-R-E-D, knackered. And effectively, you know, for us, it means to have one's knackers removed or to be you know, absolutely knackered, again, just means tired or exhausted. So, yep. yeah. Uh, again, like, uh, the Americans, I think, have caught onto that one now. But the other the other one is even funnier, and that's one, that's just a, a term that I used for somebody the other day, and everyone looked at me like, a what? So you get, you'll you get okay. that next week. Excellent, excellent. Should look forward to that. We're going to close out the show, as always, with uh, a little something we call Chief Bass Chris a question. Chief Bass Chris a question. What'll he say? What'll he do when Chief Bass Chris a question? So in my, uh, you know, when I was a kid growing up, uh, I was a big fan of Michael Jackson and I actually went to see him in concert at Wembley. And I still, I still actually do, you know, the man aside, I still do enjoy listening to his music. And I actually popped on, a, popped on a little bit of uh, Michael Jackson this morning. Now, my question to you is, he says it a lot. I don't know if he invented it or not, but what the hell does Shamon, what does that mean? He says it a lot, doesn't he? Shamon. I actually do know what this means. Oh, um, right. Okay. Are you, are you ready for some apt? Are you ready to have your mind blown? Yeah, I didn't know it was a thing. I thought he was just making up noise. No, but well, the, saying- first, the first ever use comes from one of my favourite uh, Jackson songs, which is Bad. 
Yeah. And he first used it in that, like, 87, 88, 88. Yeah, I think it was 87. It was 87, yep. Because, uh, yeah, I remember being, like, really young at the time. But basically, it was a, a deliberate mispronunciation of the term or the phrase, come on. Oh. Yeah. Shamon, Shamon, come on. Because yeah. ba- <laughs> basically, he does Please say... Please tell me that, you've got one glove on and you're doing a moonwalk right now. Yeah, I have. And I'm touching Good. loads of kids. Oh, excellent. No, ruined not excellent. It. I've ruined it. Sorry. <laughs> no. But yeah, so there you go. So there's my uh, there's my explanation as to what Shimon means. Excellent. Brilliant. As always, Chris comes up Trump. You just had your mind shimon. I did. I'm going to just shimon every time I say a sentence for the rest of the day. I'm going to end it with shimon, shimon, uh, and just uh, freak, freak people Shimone. out. Yes. So uh, good show as always. Next week we will be covering. I think we've got uh, special missions 26, 27, 28, and real American hero 92. Now we're going to slot that real American hero 92 just behind special missions 26 because that's a little two-parter. And then we'll close out with Special Missions 27 28. That will actually finish the run of Special Missions. And then after that, we'll be back on to uh, just pure, unadulterated Real American Hero straight into your veins. So if you want to do your homework, that's the issues you need to read ahead of next week. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so in all the usual places. Talking underscore Joe on Twitter. Talking Joe Comics on Instagram. Comics at gmail.com. And TalkingJoe, a G.I. Joe podcast on the face of the book. Uh, to find people want to get hold of you where can they do that sir I am Diagnostic80 that's D-I-A-G-N-O-S-T-I-K-8-0 on most things on Instagram on, on all sorts of different Twitter um, but then also if you want the Full Force podcast you can find us pretty much everywhere on Facebook Twitter Podbean iTunes Stitcher and YouTube go nuts listen enjoy comment share hate yeah all that all that all that stuff apart from the hate love baby love if you want to rate and review us uh, we'll, we'll take that on board yeah sure five stars because we know you love we know you know love us um, right with all that um, done and said and said and done we will catch you down the road bye bye